Rodrigo, is it, is the syrup spicy at all? No. <laughs> it's got a little tang on it, but like you just gotta soak the thing in. Like the orange right? drink tang. There was like blue one, tang, you mean? There was this one one time when uh when uh at some point when Poontang was uh really getting popular in, in uh culture when at dinner uh my uh I think my dad commented on the food like, Oh, this is this is pretty uh tangy. And my mom mused to herself aloud tangy <laughs> she had never heard she had heard the word but didn't know what it was and just and everyone just stopped the like re- <laughs> the record went off the groove and everyone went i'm sorry what did you just say yeah and then we were like dad you Welcome to the 551 Podcast. My name is Wes Berdine. It is a back-to-school edition. Tomorrow morning, uh, uh, my kids start kindergarten for the first day. And uh, so I've got better things to do than uh, than talk about soccer. But uh, um, actually, I have nothing better to do to take my mind off of terror. So uh, I'm joined by Corey Schreppel, Mark Fangmeyer, and a uh, Peruvian donut full of uh, in his mouth, uh, Rodrigo sanchez Javaria. Um it's it's great to to talk to you all. I'm back in uh, Minnesota after my uh, right last week was the vacation. I forget. I literally yeah. can't even remember. Yeah. Seven centuries ago. Um, I thought you were calling Rodrigo a Peruvian donut for a second. I did too. I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. No, I just I just decided to invert the sentence. Um, hey, everybody, uh, Rodrigo, you got your Peruvian donut with. Uh, with the sauce, when I went to the uh, Taste of Peru food truck uh, extravaganza, they didn't give me any sauce. So, are they racist against me? I don't. I don't think so because race is based on power, and you had the money power, and they were just trying to. They probably just looked at you and be like, you know, like you, you guys ever seen the SNL skit with? Uh, uh, Chavre Postman, the Black Jeopardy. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And he like he does the the Karen brings the potato salad, right? Mm-hmm. But doesn't oh, season hell no, it, Karen. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, doesn't season it right. Puts raisins on it. Doesn't season it right. It was probably that, right? Yeah. So <laughs> Wes would be like, he probably doesn't. He would. This, he would not like the this guy can't sauce, spicy. syrupy sauce. He's this guy got, can't it's too handle, much for him. Handle my we just sauce. won't give it to him. We yeah. don't want to give him the spicy donut sauce. Yeah, I can't handle anyone's sauce. Um, so <laughs> so for Pedro's, right? You can handle uh, all the Pedro sauce. Oh man, Pedro, Pedro Gasper. Uh, he he, it was a little bit more chaste than Pedro last night. But when when Pedro uh, shows up, man, it's magic. Um, so we are gonna. T- we've got two games to talk about. I don't know how we'll or I don't know how deep we'll go into either of them. Uh, but um, let me start by asking you guys this question. We had uh, Houston uh, three nothing against Minnesota United, and then we had a uh, four nothing uh, win from Minnesota uh, against um, Real Salt Lake. Um, you had about 120 minutes of very bad, bad to very bad, and 45 minutes of great. Uh, so, which is the Minnesota United? Is it the first two games of the season, Minnesota, uh, or is it? The um, you know, three losses in a row. What what's the real Minnesota United here? Don't say it's somewhere in between because I don't want that bullshit. I want I want hardline cunograph in stone. Give us some opinions. Uh, We're gonna win the cup. We're gonna win the cup. Oh god. <laughs> COVID cup, baby. Uh I'm gonna go out on a limb and say the second half of what we saw um against Salt Lake is closer to the team that we would have had this season had we not have had the multi-month break. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the team that we kind of saw in the first two matches of the season. So I'm going to be optimistic about our team and say that this is closer to um, the expectation and the performance level that uh, we can and should expect for the rest of the season. 
Uh, it is the team that plays without Ozzy Alonso against a uh, MLS B team who has no access to moving players up and down from a USL team anymore because of quarantine stipulations. And thus, we did really well once we figured that out how to operate without Ozzy. And um, I don't I think the the most recent 45 minutes, the final half, I don't know if it has much to do with the rest of the season, more so than it's just a moment of uh, RSL was rotating their players. We figured it out. Uh, one thing that Adrian Heath has demonstrated, especially with like San Jose, is that once he sees a way to exploit a team setup, he's really good at it. And that's kind of what happened against in the second half against RSL. He was able to see where the passing lanes were opening up and just was able to exploit that. And um, I mean, you saw it when... Uh, even when the second when they subbed off Toy, and we were suddenly going with a, I, I mean, I, I joked that it was a four six zero where we had six central attacking midfielders and zero strikers and everybody, and then yeah, but it, it worked. Three false nines out there, pretty um, much. Yeah. Um. So uh, you know, I, I guess um, you know, I want to do talk about that second half. Um, but. Rodrigo, I want you to chime in on on at least on on this initial question of who what is the real slim shady here? I, I think um like Reynoso got some time in with Houston and we saw some of that mobility and creativity that we were lacking throughout the whole game. And I think um against a B team in RSL, once you figure out that diamond formation in the middle that they had. It, it 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 became something more exploitable and 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 that I think the Minnesota that we currently have is is a Minnesota that is now beginning to to possess the ball more and create and push the ball forward. Um, and I think you know overall, um, you know I'm hoping that this is this is what we look like. But at the same time, like without an Ozzy, it, it's hard. To figure out what that middle is going to be like, are we going to play two eights? Who's going to be more of a defensive eight, and who is who is going to do that? So, so I think I want to I want to say I want to say the against Houston, that is uh, that is kind of like what I think we are with but with more Reynoso. Like if Reynoso would have gotten 60, 60 minutes, I think that game would have been more like a three one or a three two. Yeah, well, you know. You're talking about possession, and we just got like a month ago. We just got done talking about how we now have an identity as a counterattacking team, and and we don't, we haven't, we haven't uh, seen those numbers, especially during the period when we were losing those three games. Um, we had not seen the uh, low um, uh, percent the possession percentage th- that we had when we were doing really well as a counterattacking team. So I, I, I guess, um, you know, obviously we knew that uh, Bebelo coming in uh, would, would change things. Um, and, and so maybe that is now we, we have a little bit more, we have guys who can possess. Um, let me, let, let's go back to Houston first, which is um, wh- what's the, what was the one or two things uh, that that went completely off the rails during that game. If you can even remember it, it's now like eight centuries ago to me. So, I mean, for me, uh, one of them was, uh, and actually, this goes all the way back, even to um, the Salt Lake City match too. Is how ineffective Grey Goose is when he's not paired with Ozzy. Like Grey Goose needs to have that defined role. In that where he is the number eight. He's the guy that goes forward. And if you look at what happens when Ozzy is in the lineup, it suddenly turns he suddenly turns into what happened to Rasmus Schuler when he was paired with Ibsen. Like Ibsen would be the one that would go forward more so than he did. And then he'd be kind of stuck in like a weird in-between land where he wasn't really effective at being a number six or at being a number eight. And I feel like that's kind of what happened for the last two matches when Ozzy wasn't there because Dotson was going forward and Dotson was being more of like a number eight kind of like connector. And you could just tell that Grey Goose was not comfortable being like the kind of like sit back and defend kind of midfielder. And it just wasn't his thing. 
And he keeps being put in that position to do so, which I mean, just, yeah, that was my main takeaway is like uh, for how good Grey Goose had been previously, he was good previously when he was paired with Ozzy. And when he doesn't have that pairing, he, he's, he suffers. Pairs well with a, it, it's got a nice sandal wood to him and, uh, you know, pairs, <laughs> pairs well with number sixes and Pinot Noir. Do you, do you think like part of it is that Dotson is, is being sent in as a six and he's just not doing it because he naturally wants to get forward. Like his role is to be the more stay at home six or the stay at home, you know, uh, you know, sit deeper as an eight, um, but he just doesn't want to, or he sees the game and he just goes to the game rather than um, kind of be that last line of defense in front of our back line. I think there's two things there. One, one is the role of of uh, what types of passes he has to make, but also what kind of defensive duties. But also, it's a matter of. Um, when there's a Hassani kind of to your left and in front or something rather than a, uh, Ozzy who's to your left and behind or however that goes, um, you know, it's a, there's a different amount of space, right? So you have different time on the ball, you have different, the lanes are different. Um, and I, I think that, um, Gregus definitely does. I mean, he was bad. Uh, um, uh, in in the in both matches, Houston, but he was still bad even when we won four nothing. Um, even his set pieces are bad when he's in that role, which is funny because it's just like something. Maybe it's just a matter of confidence or something like that. But um, he certainly um, was a a big part of that, and and we certainly were missing Ozzy, which makes it very funny that um, in. Well, I don't want to go to this game. I don't. I want to stay with Houston and, and ask the the other two, um, Corey or Rodrigo. Um, what what was the what was the biggest problem? Was it was it that um, Gregush and uh, missing Ozzy? I think it has to do. That's that's part of it. But uh, but uh, again, I think in in the last three games, three or four games, um, we were getting our width from our from our um, from our fullbacks, right? Like it was Chase and it was uh, Mentonier who were going wide and able to be able to start play that way and 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 I think that's one of the issues that we 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 tend to not want to address so much is is our, our midfield is not trying to get wide and um, and not trying to create spaces for people to make runs for and and in in the end the substitution by Ramos when Ellis came in literally killed Chase. Like Chase got beat three or four times every time Elise was able to get the ball or a quick or, or a quick turnover at the midfield and where you have Chase uh already pushing up because he's been considered to be part of this offense, which is fine. I mean, if he wants to be part of the offense and that's what he's been asked to do, then that's great. But he was when he's pushed up and there's a quick turnover in the middle of the field, then he he he's he creates this big old space where anyone else can beat him. And he got beat so much there in that Houston game that it wasn't even like two 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 out of those three goals where where Ellie's crossing the ball into uh what is the um um the guy that just that Houston just literally just signed that a couple of days ago, a week ago. Um that hadn't gotten any playing time. Um uh, the Costa Rican guy, I forget his name. Uh, Lasseter. Lasseter, thank you. Yeah. And so like that, that that's the thing is like when you're able to expose that and then take advantage of it, that's what's going to happen. I think there's a. I think Gregush, um, you know, just needs needs that defined role. Which then, to you know, talk about down the future, how does that affect uh, when you have? How does this role change when you have someone like Reynoso in? Um, Corey, what's the the central problem you want to point out? Nope, you're muted. Amateur fucking Peabody you know, award winning. Take my take my P, give me my Peabody or give me death. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, no, I think I think Mark and, and Rodrigo hit it. I I um the the Aussie thing and the Gregus thing like that stuff. I think can be worked out. I think the biggest the biggest issue for me was the space that Chase was giving up in that match. He was directly involved, or at least like one degree from Kevin Bacon removed from 
every goal that they had. Um, so it's, uh, it's, yeah, we're getting our width from our fullbacks and we, we just can't, it's not that we can't do that, but we can't rely on it as heavily as we have been. Which then, you know, it's kind of interesting to see how the first edition of um, the Bebelo Molino Lud midfield uh, or attack went um, because there were times where it was extremely narrow. It was very funny because now you've got Lud on the right, and we'll get to that, Mark. Don't don't you wait. Don't you worry. I mean, um, Lud uh, on the right, you know, he's a left-footed. Um, we have all actually all three attacking midfielders are left-footed, which is kind of funny. Um yeah, Babylon and Molino. Don't give me that look. You're Corey, you're yeah, all right. Um so it, it ended up being where you had Molino coming in centrally. You had Lud kind of coming in a little bit because he's he's using his left foot there. And um Bebelo is obviously playing uh in the 10 spot. And um and it, especially in the first half we saw that saw that and I was like, man, they are all right in there. Um I think that changed a little bit in the second half. Plus you had some substitutions. Uh, but I mean, what, what was the difference? And I asked this on Twitter and got some good responses and I could go to a couple of those, but um, what was the difference between the first half and, and second half for Minnesota against RSL? I mean, I kind of touched on it a little bit uh, earlier, but I, I mean, I think there was definitely like with Ozzy, uh, pulling up injured, like with uh, whatever happened, uh, whatever he pulled in the 16th minute, I think there was a fair amount of adjustment. It was a hamstring. Hamstring. There was a fair amount of adjustment time that, that took them to kind of sort out what they were going to be doing to kind of change their game plan a little bit because essentially they all of a sudden had to change their formation because right? mm-hmm. they kind of, I mean, they, they were in their 4 2 three, one, and then once Ozzy comes out, it kind of like even if they don't officially shift it. It shifts to more of like a 4-3-3 like they do with Dotson in there. Mm-hmm. And so, it, again, it got... I think it just took some adjustment time and uh, it, it showed just how we were... I mean, I mean, we almost gave up, what, three goals or two goals at least in the first half with the offsides and then also the goal that, you know, that was a goal that wasn't a goal because there's no goal line technology. So thanks for that, MLS, for going on the cheap. But... Uh, yeah, so I think it was just that. It was just more so just kind of feeling it out. And then just block, stop, like the RSL just looked like the better team in the first half. Like there's, there wasn't, there, you can't just put your finger on exactly what it was. They just looked like the better team. Well, they had, yeah, and, and they had three goals, you know, all of them, one not given and, and two uh, um, called off. One was, I mean, both the ones called off, I think, were, were correct, but they were, Especially the first one was very marginal. Um, Dane Sinclair did give up a goal, when, but man, he sold it, and uh, he uh, he gets the award for uh, for selling the. Uh, oh no, that, that wasn't in. Is that was that is that Maryland Terrapin Theater degree? Yep, exactly. Thank God. Yeah, yeah. Played uh, Death of a Salesman, and uh, um, so I think we were very lucky, you know, going in um, going into the to the half uh, two nothing um, means that we probably would not have just easily for the, scored those four goals. Um, but, you know, you take some luck. Sometimes we're lucky. Sometimes we're unlucky. Um, and you, you can't really, you can't really fault Dane for, for being a bit lucky. Um, but uh, I, I guess let, let's talk about um, Bebelo. And I want to know what people's opinions are on him. Uh, what, how, how does he do his, what he does? Uh, and, um, what what does he look like, Rodrigo? Do you want to go to you on this? No, I just there's one one thing too. Like in that first half, is the fact that um, like we we all talked about adjustment, and there was an adjustment when Ozzy and, and Gregory started playing together. But now there's the adjustment when someone's creating center force, in that sense. And for a while, it just you know it was old old time loons, right? Try to get the ball the wing and try to figure out who's gonna come in the middle. Lude and Molino were, were switching sides whenever they felt like it uh, and not being successful at it. And like people weren't feeding, feeding uh, Reynoso the ball. Like it was like, and he was asking for the ball. And I think once in the second half, there was more emphasis uh, on letting Reynoso 
uh, be patient with the ball and having people um, make runs and, and make runs, it, it, it opened up the field more. And I think once we got a couple of goals in, right, I think it, it started, RSL started saying, we have to press, we have to go out, we have to open up spaces, we have to be able to create and go forward. And that opens up even bigger spaces to be able to counter on. So. Um, there were uh, just to, there were two things that I saw with Reynoso. The first thing that I noticed, um, was him directing the midfield, like physically pointing and yelling, you go here, you go here. I want you here. Um, and I think that caught some of, I think that was part of Greg Goosh's like kind of uneasiness is that he just didn't know how to how to react to that or or maybe the team just didn't we didn't we have never we haven't really had that kind of directing force in the center midfield center forward attack it's always been coming from the back um whether it's you know it was Vito and 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 Ike last year in Aussie and then continuing to be Aussie this year we haven't had somebody who just said no I'm I'm taking the reins and I'm going to be the conductor of this of this train um, so that was the first thing that I noticed, and it was really refreshing to see that. Um, the second thing was uh, they started marking Reynoso uh, a little harder, especially as he started to drift around the box. And Molino, and the, getting to your second half question, and Molino started to recognize that and started to exploit the spaces that they were vacating. And that became a huge thing. So now it's... It's like you're you're focusing on there on our star number ten, but you still have these really good wingers, mm-hmm. central kind of pseudo tens in Robin Lud and, and Kevin Molino who were just exploiting that space that that they're vacating their defenders and, and defensive midfields are vacating to hang on to um, on Reynoso. Yeah, I'll say one thing that um, I noticed about Bebelo is in particular is that um, I, I don't think he ever took a second touch. Like he, he was like he, he's like fundamentally unable to just take the ball and hold it and move it, which is which is um, uh, meant that the the pace of the attack was um, it was really quick and they were moving the ball around quite a lot. Um, uh, I, and I think that that there was part of me that just that thinks that this is going to take a little while to see it fully gel to see um you know we were talking about him dictating and kind of pointing and doing those things for everyone to kind of get used to what they want because he is the man now right like he's the one who gets to decide um in game how how things are moving and kind of and points to that so I, I'm excited to see how that, that works. It, I think it definitely did not quite work as well, but he was, he was pretty damn good. Um, and I, I, I think to, to your, to your point, and that's a really good point that you make. Cause I didn't, I didn't even realize that he didn't, he, he really didn't take too many second touches. And I would say the, the thing that um, I thought was the best looking goal of the night in terms of play buildup was when, Reynoso collected the ball in the middle of the field, turned around and immediately passed a killer through ball to Robin Lud, who was already making the run off the wing, mm-hmm. the left wing, because he knew that Reynoso was just going to turn around and fire that ball. And that's where you started to really see things click. Um, and then even when Reynoso was pulled out, was subbed out, you still saw that pace between Molino, Raheem Edwards, and things like that. So he set the expectation and set the pace, and the rest of the team followed suit. I think uh, I think that there is a, a potential um, a potential for um, a few of those players to to have that work well with them. Right, Hassani can move quickly and do that. I think you know. Thomas Chacon, uh, maybe maybe you were going to jump in and say this, Rodrigo. But Thomas Chacon, we've already seen. You always talk about Rodrigo, how he like uh, uh, passes the ball really quickly, takes those quick touches. Um, Lud obviously is not that way, um, but I didn't. I didn't think. Well, I want to talk about Lud. I'll, I'll I'll ask about Lud in in a second, but um, I don't think that that kind of fits Lud's natural 
um, uh, playing style, but it, it can work. And I think it can work with, particularly with Amaria. Um, but Rodrigo, you want to jump in with something? No, I just wanted to also point out that Reynoso owned Kyle Beckerman physically. <laughs> like he went out <laughs> after him and uh, after a couple of encounters and he got a yellow card out of it, but he owned them. Like literally he was like, you know, he's like, you're going to, you're going to come, you're going to come out after me or you're going to come try to press me. Then this is what you're going to get too. And I think that's another thing too, is just, um, and we talked about on this, on this podcast, how like when we have quick combination plays outside of the 18 and the attacking and the attacking third, we are we, we we create chaos for whoever is the defense because they have to be able to figure out who are they going to cover and who opens up lanes, and we've talked about that. We we've, we've drilled into this podcast many times. That's what we want to see, and we have the potential to see. And here's a and here's an opportunity when you have someone who can do that and can do that consistently in a sense, right? I mean, if you look at uh, uh, Chase's goal, the first goal, right? It was a throw in that Gregorz did a beautiful click. And to that point, the first half, Gregorsh was was non-existing and turning the ball over, which had been his uh, MO for the past two or three games, right? He wasn't where he needs to be, and which is usually uh, something that he doesn't do. Turning up the ball in our half is not something that he does. He doesn't turn over the ball in our half that often. And so when he did that flick, and Reynoso saw the opportunity to, to make a quick play, it left... Molina wide open. All the defense is sucked into one side. Mm-hmm. Chase sees, sees the huge hole that's there. And credit to Chase for making that run and continue to make that run. And Molina was able to thread him the ball specifically where he needs it. And we got a Pedro and we got a Pedro goal, right? And it all starts with just quick play, quick play from from quick play going forward from from our attacking midfielders. And I think that's something that even though, like I've said and you said, and everybody else seems to understand that, it 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 if we are able to surround Reynoso with people who think that, like him, I think the possibilities of 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 seeing more of that uh, are 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 positive. So, Corey, no, I I, I was gonna that th- uh, Jeff Ruder mentioned it in in the Athletic talking about how other players who normally wouldn't get the chance to grow and shine because they're not playing with somebody of a playing with someone at the caliber that we hope he is actually at. We have seen what, you know, 70, hundred minutes of them. Um, uh, you know, we're talking about Kevin Molino in Orlando and he was Kaka's favorite, uh, um, you know, attacking partner. And, I think this is a similar situation where they might not be, he may not be an A-level player, but we have a lot of really good, talented people who can uh, adapt really well if you have somebody with that vision and then that can rub off. And then even if he's not in his style um, and that kind of um, creation um, tactic, however you want to describe it, um, is hopefully ingrained into the team, even if he's not there. So I want to do a couple, uh, I want to talk about a few of these guys. Um, uh, Mason toy. Um, we got to see him start in Houston. We got to see him start, uh, against, um, RSL, um, did not score. Um, uh, you know, we talked about, um, Charlie Davies giving that impassioned, um, uh, call for Mason toy to get a chance. He's gotten quite a few chances since his, um, coming to the team uh we've only really seen him blow up that one was it a seven game stretch um but is it unfair to say that he just he he doesn't i I don't know i I, i'm not seeing it right now um what he's doing and he's not taking his opportunities i guess that maybe that's the polite way to say it I mean, I, I completely agree, but also he's what twenty-one years old. Like he's still one of the youngest players on our team. Like he needs to grow into it. He's, I mean, for God's sakes, like Chase Gasper is, you know, what twenty-five? Like yeah, but Pedro guys. is Pedro's twenty-two. I mean, <laughs> I, no, Chase I is actually like 30, he's, he's like thirty-seven. <laughs> yeah. He's actually reti- he actually came out of retirement yeah. to go to college. He's and getting, now he's too, he's getting yeah. too damn old for this shit. 
I think the thing is, is that you need to realize is that just like Amarilla wasn't getting the service that he needed to, as of recently, I've seen, for example, our left backs and our right backs trying to feed him the ball to a space and making him run. And he's had a couple opportunities to turn that into something, but he has not been successful, right? And I think with time, it's something that you want to want to keep on trying. Specifically now that you have a playmaker who it can see those openings, he can see those runs, and, and give you the ball accurately. I mean that 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 goal by Lude, where that Corey uh, talked about. I mean that that pass from Reynoso was literally on point. Like you couldn't get any more accurate than that. And I think if if you if you play with that and you have them. Talk or talk to each other more, and but also realize whether what whether trying to win. I I don't I see I see Toy and Amarilla benefiting from this, right? I mean that's what you want. You want your two forwards, your two top forwards, to be able to to benefit from someone who who's able to see those runs, right? And 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 I think that's something that um that we can and we've seen the glimpses, right? When when uh, against Dallas, when it was Chacon, Toy, and all of them, and they were doing those. Those quick one-two combination passes outside of the 18, they were producing chaos, and I think that's and producing opportunities. And he had shots, and I think if if we're able to do stuff like that more often, I think it's better meant for toy, but it's also better meant for like our whole offensive scheme. And and you're and you're not like you're saying he we create chaos in the box in the in you know the the Dallas game and. Is his finishing great? No, it's a little off, but that comes with getting minutes and being in those higher pressure situations. So it's like, do I think he's a little off? Do I think he's not taking uh, uh, his his chances, his chance that he has right now, especially with Amaria having a knock? Yeah, I, th- I think he's. I think he's. I don't think he's wasting it, but I don't think he's he's leveraging it as much as he could. But again, he's young. I. I am not at all rushing um, to uh, see him I, I mean, scoring. I'm, I'm, I'm 10 not goals. making a definitive career decisions about him, but I, I do think you we need a we need a striker who's scoring goals or who at least is being so dangerous that other people are then scoring goals. Um, Amaria was not doing that. Um, Toy is not doing that. Someone needs to do it. Schoenfeld's injured, uh, or he was at least out last night. Um, we we need someone to do it. Um, and and. He is young, but he still uh, he still needs to take his chance, and and I think that we we need to see that. Um, let's, uh, but at the same time, like we don't know what his development plan is. We've no, we don't know who that is. We don't know what the development plan for him is at all. Like how how is he going to get better? What is the the plan for him to get better? If 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 he's not getting if studying him or play, giving him playing time is the way that we're going to do it. Since we can't loan him out to another team, then um, you know then that's that's the way that it's going to have to be. Because currently, right now, you only have three forwards on your roster. Amarilla goes down, and you are starting Aaron if you loan out Toy. So it's like, well, you I, need to play him. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess we need to play him. You need to give him minutes. But uh, as with any position, particularly with the striker, though, you need to when you get a ch- chance. If you come in, if you're just being used as sub, then you need to. You need to be make an impact, and I just don't. I I didn't think he had an impact at all during either of those two games. I, I struggling to I, think of too many. I, I disagree in the sense that he's actually getting playing time, and now he's getting more comfortable and actually making better runs. But we'll see. I mean, like we'll see what what if he keeps on getting opportunities with Reynoso, and they, we'll we'll see how that works out for everybody. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I um I want to go back quick to um Dane St. Clair before we take a little break here. Um uh we, we made a joke about, you know, him kind of getting lucky and getting a, a clean sheet there. Um otherwise, uh, you know, he came in after uh, Ranjit Singh didn't have a terrible game, uh more like everyone else the entire team had a terrible game, but you know, Dane got uh got a start. Um do we think that he took his shot and looked comfortable there? Uh, I mean, you gotta keep playing him until he gives up a goal, at least, right? Even if like on the score sheet, at least. Yeah. Like if if he's just getting shutouts, you can't really say like, nah, you looked okay. You didn't let any goals in, but still, you could have been better. Like, so uh, that yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, 
even in the previous, like uh, um, the Houston match, I don't think uh, Rajesh Singh looked bad. Like I, I mean, he had, he had eight saves yeah. compared to uh, our four shots that we had for the whole match. So I mean, he's stopped what came at him. It's like Bobby Shuttleworth, uh, circa late two twenty seven. Exactly. Like if you just get pounded, I mean, you can't. What do you expect? He's not Superman, you know. Yeah, I I think you I think Sinclair. I mean, his. I'm looking at his distribution map right now, and it's, you know, it looks good. Uh, he, I mean, there's not a ton of completions there. I think he had what four or five completions, but he wasn't just booting stuff into the stands. It was there was at least some intention. He was better than McMath. I think we can all agree on that. Oh, <laughs> and the, he did have that. He did have that one badass throw where he yep. threw it like well past. The um, seventy-five the yards half line, like, like the center line, and yeah, it was uh, beautiful. No, my that, biggest, that was one of my favorite things is when when he recognized that, and he did that a lot. He recognized the where, where the quick play was going to be at, and when he saw Lude open on the left, and he chucked it to him, it literally landed at Lude's foot, and then all he had to do with Lude, Lude was try to control it and go with it, and it, unfortunately he wasn't able to do that, but that that gives you the. The, the at least a vision into his ideas of what is what he wants to do, right? He wants to distribute the ball quickly in his arm. I mean, like I didn't know he had that in him. Like I haven't seen anyone throw the ball past half field. I don't know in how long. Well, it's right? like nine feet long. It's just like a, it's a <laughs> catapult, Mister Fantastic it's like the, Arm. It's like the Michael Jordan poster, the old school Nike poster, where like they're going from one side to the other. I mean, the biggest, my biggest takeaway from Dane Sinclair. I don't know if I can make any. Uh, uh, definitive takes on on his playing ability but um i i did spend at least 20 minutes during the game trying to figure out which boy band he fits in best um i don't know if you guys have any uh opinions on this but i I, the where i came to is do you remember uh the um early 2000s early aughts uh movie josie and the pussycats uh yeah, that included the boy band Du Jour. Um, I, I basically think that he belongs in Du Jour. So I, I was going to say he was going to be on the the was it? It was like a competition on ABC. I think it was, and it was the the boy band O Town. Oh, that's that's who I think he would be in, for sure. That's a deep cut. It's the deepest cut. <laughs> hold, hold up, I got you all beat. Give me. A- He's he's a he's a early nineties uh early two thousands uh Timberlake um Justin Timberlake and sync when he had that hair oh yeah like right hair all all curled up and the ramen noodle hair do, yeah yeah and now he all he needed to do was wear a headband so that's totally what what his hair looks like the, so the I think frosted the ramen band. hair yeah. um like I'll send you all a link if you'll need it but I don't think you do. Great. Well, on that note, um, we're, we're, we want to talk Robin Lud uh, and a few other guys, uh, but we, we need to take a break and, uh, and go to our sponsors. Pinot Noir. It's wine. Um, Hams. It's beer. <laughs> Pisco and Inca-Cola. Uh, all right. <laughs> let's take a break. We'll be back. We're back on the 55.1 podcast. I am Wes. I'm joined by Corey, Mark, and Rodrigo. Um, we want to talk uh, Robin Lud. Um, Mark, I want to go to you first. You've been waiting. This is, uh, you know, you've got, you had your Bebelow moment. Now you got your Robin Lud on the right moment. It's, uh, all, all, everything's coming up Millhouse for you. Um, so um, why don't you, uh, why don't you talk about uh, Robin Lud's, uh, just, I'll, I'll let you just free jazz on this, just. Just take a solo. I mean, again, he looked competent. And I mean, he he still doesn't look like what you want are until last week highest paid player to look. But I think he looked really good on the right side. He, he was able to, you know, he was controlling the ball. He was, it, when he stepped centrally, he was in control. There were some nice, very you know, ticky tacky kind of touch plays that with the rest of the team, and like both of his goals, both of those shots were beautiful, and um, yeah, it's I mean again, it's amazing what happens when you don't try to fit 
a round pig into a square hole. Like he plays on the right or he plays centrally. That's what he's always done. And you put him on the right or sort of central, let him drift a little bit. And he does well. And it's not rocket science. It's similar to like Grey Goose as well. Like Grey Goose is an eight. You know, he's an eight. When you play him as a six, he doesn't do as well. It's, you know, again. You know, it's funny. The Lud uh, comments after the game, um, you know, reading them in, I think it was Rudy's article, um, wasn't quite clear how he was saying, but it, it sounded like he himself was not quite sure about how playing on the right would go. Like he was, he was unsure. Like, oh well, I wasn't quite sure about it, which which kind of surprised me. Um, I know that often he's played centrally more, but um, but it did seem to. I I, I didn't think that he um, was stellar yesterday um, in that RSL match. But um, but he was far more secure. He did not look um, bad. In particular, he scored two goals, and um, and I think that you know um, that was kind of uh, we've said that the man has the man has a, a nose for some garbage goals, which is which is great. I don't think that they these were even garbage goals. Um, but it is nice to have. No, they weren't at all garbage goals. Sorry, I should say that. Um, but it is nice to have someone who. Um, at least when the ball's there, you know, he can kind of curl it to the back post there. Um, like he did with his first goal. Um, because we need, you know, especially without our, our strikers, not hitting firing on all cylinders. We need all of those midfielders need to be scoring goals. Um, they all need to have seven goal seasons, you know, at least, um, and so, and he's already almost there. So yeah, it, Rodrigo or Corey, what, what, where did you, I, on Robin. I, I I loved how he played. Um and maybe it's because like we're just we haven't had a good look at him. Um I mean I've I've watched him play with with his national team and I'm like, yes, this is the guy I want. This is the guy that I want to be in our attack, at least in certain scenarios. He he isn't um he isn't a speed demon. Um he's not necessarily quick with um a ton of the interplay stuff. He doesn't necessarily defend, but he's got finesse. He has some vision. And you saw that on both of his goals where he saw that Reynoso was going to collect that ball midfield and immediately turn around and hit a through ball. And even though he was already on the left, he got there, he was able to turn his hips and then slot it home very comfortably to the point where I was like, I don't know if this is going to go in, this is going to go wide, but it was, it was extremely clinical. Um, and the second goal was beautiful. I think it was one of the best looking goals that we've seen in a long time from our team. Um, you know, um, Kevin Molino had, had one like that. Uh, it was like a match winner last year. The one where Ike was screaming up through the midfield and kicked a, uh, got, Ike got the assist, um, where we don't get a lot of those like one touch curlers to the, to the, the, you know, the, the far post. And so it was, like I, I screamed a little bit when I saw that goal because I was like, "This is beautiful, and this is what I want to see out of him." Um, and you know, I think I have never, I've you, I've always seen that Lud could could be that player if he is set up for that kind of success. Um, he has a track record of playing centrally or on the right, center, center right. Um, with far more success than he does on the left. I mean, in you, you know, you mentioned Jeff's article, and Lud said, um, you know, it's a little bit different. He said about playing on the right. Since I get my left, since I get my left foot on the inside of the field when I'm playing on the right side, so maybe I can go more on the inside and let Roman bow on the side. I think, I think with Chase, we both play a little bit of the same position on the side. It's just different playing on the left and right side when you're playing with the left foot. So I think like he's saying a lot of the stuff that we all saw is that he couldn't be um, a good attacking partner with Chase because they're both kind of trying to do the same exact thing. Well, Robin now, does listen to this podcast quite a bit. So. Yeah, he yeah, he he really It's always like, why are you guys so mean? You're <laughs> saying mean things. It's like I love the memes. Yeah. <laughs> um, can Not I tell you this uh, after the game um, or actually at some point during the game I, I turned to, to David Martin who, uh, um, and I was like 
this game's going to end three, nothing and we're going to get hammered and, uh, it's a holiday tomorrow. So we're going to take a bottle of Grey Goose, uh, and, uh, we're going to take the red loons flags in the basement and we're going to march down there. So we did, we, uh, we marched down there with, uh, it was like eight of us and, uh, we had a bottle of Casadoras, uh, and, um, uh, we, we then waited outside and the security guards were just like, what the hell are you guys doing? One of them was like, guys, please stop drinking out of that. Uh, like we had all had cups. We were not sharing the bottle. We were, um, but then the players eventually came out and uh, Matt Neer came out at first. And we thought that was where all the RSL players were coming out. So we didn't realize it was Matt Neer until we saw his hair. Um, and Robin Lud came out and it, it like, it came to me. Um, the song, which is Robin Lud, da 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 da, Robin Lud, da 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 da, he's gonna score, he's gonna score, he's gonna score a goal, Robin Lud. Anyway, so uh, we sang some Robin Lud song. Uh, we're still workshopping it though. Um, did, did you get a reaction out of Robin? Uh, all of them are very. Like most of them don't know what to do with any, with like literally eight people hanging out with flags, drinking tequila. I offered tequila to all of them. Um, Jose Aha came out and uh, we sang, take on me. And I don't actually know if he gets that joke. Maybe he does. Um, we offered him some tequila. He was very polite in his uh, declining the offer. Um, Ozzy came out. We cheered with him. Uh, and then uh, then finally... We left when Tomas Chacon came out, uh, and uh, I mean, none of them came near us. They were all like, "Who the fuck are these weirdos?" So, um, that all that to say, is Robin Lud good? I don't know, I can't tell. But I think I do think that you guys have a point, which is that like, he doesn't, he doesn't necessarily. We don't need him to be great. Um, we definitely needed our highest paying player to be great. Um, and I don't think he kind of lived up to that. Um, but we do need, we do need him to contribute in some ways. Scoring goals is great. Um, and if, if he's now more of a, um, well-moving cog and you've got Molino, um, you've got Bebelo, you've got Gregush, you've got Amaria, hopefully, um, moving, then he can kind of help be more of more of a glue guy. The way we always loved that Miguel Ibarra was. So maybe that maybe that's the answer now, and, and we get to see him with less expecta- expectation on him. No, I, I think with Lude, in a sense, um, you know, like you guys ever watch those like, um, gosh, who is the Australian? Um, like like those Steve nature Irwin. shows. Steve Irwin. Yeah, Steve Irwin. When yeah. Steve Irwin's talking and describing like. Here is an animal in its natural habitat, right? Like I feel that's exactly what we, we we've not been being exposed to with like Robin Lude. It's like, and now we're like, here's Robin Lude in his natural habitat with his left foot, right? And, and here's the thing, like, and and maybe it's been me that's been asking, but like we use we, we use our flanks mostly to go in and try to cross the ball into. And Hassani, Hassani does this very well. He'll dribble the ball into, and then he cuts inward. And I think with the left foot on the right-hand side, he has the opportunity to do that. Also, in this game, him and Molino were switching sides. You know, the, the first goal that he scored uh, was on his left. The second goal he scored was on his right. So like this, the, the, the ability that they have this freedom to go in between those two places, really, like you know, it's, it's fun to watch because it messes with the defense in a sense, right? And I think um, I think Lude, um, possession wise, like he understands the game. There was there was a moment when we were attacking on the first half, I think, and uh, Lude got a ball and literally held the ball inside the box for about maybe a second or so, and until he felt the pressure and saw Molino make that run into the open space and played him a ball in which Molino literally like had to take a small touch and then shoot the ball and was unsuccessful. But the fact that he was able to recognize that run and wait for someone, th- th- that lets you know that the man the, the man can think and play and, and play the game smart. And but the thing and, is and I'll say and I'll say uh, just that ball that Lud picked up there is a different ball from Metnair than what Metnair would normally hit to Finley. 
just like because there was more space because load was playing more was was playing centrally and so he had to come from centrally to get outside uh of the box and he was dragging defenders with him like you said to bring on more pressure so it's it's a different look on that right side than you would get with ethan finley you guys i've been sitting here wanting to do my steve Irwin talking about robin load but now it's like three minutes later and i can't do the joke <laughs> dude Dude, I, I muted it so the, that I could the, practice my accent. Oh my god! The power, dude, the power, the power of editing. No, the power of Steve Irwin. What's going to happen is like you're just going to cut like one of us off. Just, oh, you're just going to blast. I'm way too practice lazy. it. Oh, although Let's, tomorrow's the first day of school, so I've got like the first day uh, to myself in like uh, a century. So I'm I'm literally going to do that. Yeah. So all right. Sorry, Mark. You wanted to say something real about. Robin Lud. Yeah, no, I mean, one thing that, like, uh, especially with uh, being kind of like uh, Reynoso's first start as well, is that I love that you can tell that when Robin Lud plays, that he is looking two, three passes down. Like, he's looking ahead at his options. And Reynoso is kind of a, a very similar kind of player. And I think with those two together, especially once they kind of get together, once they have some more time, together and they get a little bit more in sync i could really see those two working very very well together in finding those runs and doing those little like one two passes together very very well which makes me very excited to to add on to what mark said like here's a combination of players that i want to see on the field with reynoso we already seen what reynoso and molina can sort of work out with lude so that there's there's that i want to see what check going and reynoso can do together uh, i also want to see in a sense what um, what Edwards can do as well with him, but I, I think these are the combinations that you, you as a coach you have to be thinking about. I was like, I was like, okay, if I put Lude on the right and Molino on the left, because for Molino it doesn't matter where you put him, he goes anywhere and everywhere. So that's the only thing that you need to do. And if if in that case that's what you're going to do, then you're going to ask a Gregoosh in that scenario be like, all right, well, you're going to have to drift more this way, put more defensively on this side because Molino is not accountable for playing defense. Which brings the next question up is like, what do we do with Gregoosh? Specifically now, with the appearance of Reynoso, who does that affect more? Uh, our, our beloved Tomas Chacon that get, that we know is not getting any playing time or, or a Gregoosh who's used to be in a certain role and now he has to morph into something else differently because his duties are going to change and his duties are going to uh, look like more defensively in some sort of sense. Well, I'll tell you one thing is that I do think um, there could be a question of if you don't need Gregush to do all of the things Gregush did, right? You've got a little bit more of where, of, well, I guess you still need someone to move the ball between defense and the attack and get the ball to Bebelo's feet. But, could you have Jacori in there, who Jacori does go forward, but Jacori can play as just a, a central midfielder, maybe do a little bit of the tackling. Um, could you put James Musa in there? Um, he's more of a center back, but um, uh, you know, can he can he do a little bit more of the stay at home stuff? You, if you don't need Gregus fully there, can you sub him out a little bit and try? What does it look like with Jacori and Dotson there? Um, could you tell Dotson to just not run forward all the time? I I don't know. Maybe you can't you can't tame the wind, and so uh, don't, don't I, I, try. I mean, he's attracted to chaos, and yeah. that seems to be what what works best for him. And is he, and he's it's successful with him. Like he goes up and he tries to be everywhere and everywhere, and then come back. And then I, I think it, overall, I think there's there's a lot of combinations like in my head where as soon as Reynoso came in, and I'm like, who can you see him specifically making these quick passes forward? working with right and there's 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 we've seen our arsenal dotson can do that toy has done that sometimes edward does that all the time and we can talk about that on on, on, on on a setup go with molino on that one we can talk about later about that but that was just one of those things where quick passes is what we need specifically in that eight in front of that 18 yard line right where we where we are able to and granted this is a b team we're playing right but regardless if we play another team and we are we are trying to do these type of things, we more than likely are going to be more successful than anything. So, um, United Loons uh, gave a response to one of my to my question about you know what changed in the second half and said pointed out that RSL had kind of their B squad team out there. So I looked it up. Um, Tate Schmidt was out there, made his second appearance of the season. Eric Holt made second start. 
Sam Johnson made second start. Giuseppe Rossi made his first start. Um, we also had, uh, I mean, I think what you would say is is kind of B squad out there uh, in some ways, not not what you would normally see um, with um, uh, with our, our striker and goalkeeper swapped out. But I mean, I guess everyone else was pretty much a regular out there, so maybe I'm wrong. Um, I do think you definitely saw RSL completely just fall apart and uh and 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 so maybe we got a little bit lucky on that um but finley has a meniscus problem they said out four to five weeks i think it may be longer um obviously tyler miller is out for the rest of the season um Ikopara is out probably i'm just assuming the rest of the season um ozzy alonzo is going to be out for uh, at least a few weeks I th- i'm i'm guessing right we have not heard anything um Maybe it was just a, a pr- preliminary thing. Um, I didn't. I didn't talk to him when he was across the parking lot, uh, and I was yelling, "Do you want any tequila?" And he was like, "I'm with my family." No, um, but uh, so I didn't get any insight. There is what I'm saying. Uh, so we've got Dallas on Wednesday. Like a couple of days later, uh, we only made two substitutions in this game. Um, Three? Do we make a late sub? Oh, three, three, oh no, three if, if, oh, if, you, if you count the yes. dots in for Ozzy. Sorry, yeah, yep, yep, yep. I was only remembering uh, Jacory and and, uh, and and Edwards coming in. Um, so, you know, we're, we're, there's going to be some tired legs out there. Um, what do we think happens? You know, we, we think, we know that uh, Finley and Ozzy and these guys are, are going to be out definitely for this next game. So what's it going to look like? I, I think you're going to see the same front four. Toy will probably start depending on Amaria's status, like have the severity of his knock, which we don't know. Um, I could see Amaria getting, I'd like to see Amaria get 60 minutes with Reynoso. I think that would be, um, that's a look that I want to see. Um, I think we all want to see that. Um, so whoever our striker is, is that, but I do think you're going to see Molino on the left. Reynoso in the center, Lude on the right. Um, I think you see Gregush and Dotson um, in the dual eight role. And then um, the only other variable really is, do we see Debassi in the back line for AHA? Or um, I don't think you're going to bring out Chase. I don't think you're going to sub out Metinair. I think it's going to be, um, do you sub out AHA for Debassi um, and have him start? Or do you... Do you sub? I mean, we have five subs. Do you sub them out for the last fifteen minutes? Like, no. I don't think you do. I think. I, don't I think, think if you, do. you think, think you start he's him. fit, you just put him in. You give him a yeah. chance to start. I mean, we've already started James Musa. I, I don't. You know, I, yeah. I think. I think if you think he's good enough and he's ready, then just go ahead and and try it. And yeah, and see how and, it works. But. Yeah, and I and I think that's fine. Um, I mean, you're, we're starting to get into the the frequency of games where squad rotation, especially with SKC coming up after that. Um, you know, do you do you put a Chacon in on the left? Do you put Edwards in on the right to start? Do you flip it and then you bring in Lud and Molino or 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 swap one of them out? Um I think generally you'll see what we saw for the bulk of this match, maybe with one or two um players swapped out just to keep the legs fresh. I wouldn't be surprised if Reynoso goes at least sixty. Um, yeah. maybe more. Um, you know, one thing Callum, uh, I think said someone in his, um, uh, Twitter stream or, so, or something like that. Um, someone said that, uh, that Tommy Chacon's, uh, training ethic is, is, has been kind of called or attitude has been called into question by the coaching squad. And they don't like that, which I, I thought was like very funny. Like, you know, obviously, you know, coach wants to see that, et cetera, you know, type of stuff, but he's also 19 in a new country. And I, I just think like as a teacher, um, there's always things where a lot of it is on the student, but if someone's not learning, it's also kind of my fault. And like, you need to figure that out, right? Like you need to work that out. Um, and so that, that's kind of a, we don't have to go into check on talk because we've already um, gone pretty long here, but um, 
uh, I, I would love to see him play in this this next game, get it a shot. I'd love to see him get a chance to interplay with what I know so and see how that goes. But um, Mark, do you do you have thoughts on what we'll see against Dallas? Um, <clears throat> I mean, I'll be again. We were talking about the squad rotation. It'll be very interesting because like we're playing a ton. Like we just played on Sunday, we play this Wednesday, we play next Sunday, and then we haven't seen the next phase of matches even announced yet. So we actually don't even know yeah. how much those are going to be, you know, double match weeks either. Yeah, so that's like, kind of crazy, so, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like that we're a week away. We're less than a week away and we don't even know what we're going to play. We don't know what the schedule is next week, pretty much is what yeah. we're saying. And that's just crazy. I don't know how to plan for that. How would you plan for that? And so I think, I think he, we all have to ask Jeff Reuter. I think he's asking for us to ask him. On Twitter, when the phase oh, is, he, is, he the is new Meg? Is he like the? Yeah, he's he's the new Meg. Okay. When is the phase two schedule going to be? Oh, yeah, out? everyone should definitely send him messages. Um. So, uh, yeah, we've got. I guess we should all say that this Saturday as well is Sporting KC. Um, <clears throat> I should also say before we go to it, we only have a couple of Twitter questions. Before we go to that, it's also kickoff of uh, EPL season this week. Um. So. Uh, we've got, uh, I'll be opening up, uh, Blackheart usually, uh, I think it's usually the 9am games. I haven't looked at the schedule yet. Um, 9am and then, uh, you know, uh, usually it's, um, then I'll announce the, the Sunday. So please check that out on Twitter. Come out. Usually it's just a few people. So it's very easy to socially distance. Um, and, uh, Rodrigo, you've got some, you've got the Twitter questions. So I, I, since I was, I took the initiative to ask for Twitter questions. I also asked to see if anyone would be willing to put a haiku regarding Reynoso's performance. Oh yeah, and uh, we had, um, yeah, um, E grade A, uh, big game grade A twenty seven on Twitter reply with uh, Reynoso also creativity to boot. Yes, we longed for thee. That, that that was pretty fitting, I think overall, just uh, of of what we've been expecting and what we've been wanting to see. I also think too, one of the things that we need to keep in mind as well too is how many minutes we're giving Reynoso, right? So if he's going to be playing between sixty and seventy minutes every game for a while, then when he goes out, who is the person that takes in vain and who is the so I think that that comes into into play specifically if you're looking for combinations of who you want him to play with. Um, does Gregorich step into that role? Uh, do so. Does that mean that Gregorich is no longer a person you can sub out? Um, does uh, Molino, if he's playing at that time, become the become the ten? It 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 it, it brings up a lot of different scenarios that I'm, I'm intrigued by. But at this at the same time, I I, I really want to be able to see us. Focus more on um, doing quick combination plays, moving forward with the ball, and, and seeing how that might uh, help us be more creative in uh, in our in our attacking third. Mm-hmm. Was there another Twitter question? Yeah, it's on the notes. I, hold on, let me pull it up right here. Uh, it was the um, Brandon the. Pilis uh, is saying, is Adrian Heath just doing a really bad and less funny impersonation of Jace, oh, Jose Mourinho? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I guess it, it'd, be, it'd be like Jose if, if like, um, if, uh, who, was, who was the Liverpool manager who he hated and loved to make fun of? Was that... Um, uh, Rafa Benitez? Or Rafa was Benitez, the, yeah. It'd be yeah. like uh, Rafa Benitez, like that. He'd be a bad uh, Jose impersonation if, like, Rafa Benitez was actually a fan of Chelsea or something like that. Um, I yeah, man, that was like the it was very funny coming back from uh, um, cheering for Robin Lud and coming up with the song for him and uh, and coming back to the bar and seeing the comments from uh, Adrian about uh, fans and 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 then the Arpier guy. I literally do not want to talk about it because it's so embarrassingly stupid the idea like it's just it's like really guys this is this is what we do like i'm happy celebrating a four nothing goal or a four nil win and like that's where you want to go it just makes me feel like kind of like embarrassed for them like that's the way you act 
I don't know. And it's just like not worth us talking about. Just just imagine, just read, don't listen to the comments, just read them with the voice of Jesse the Body Ventura. Oh, that's good. I know that you love doing your Jesse uh, um, uh, impersonation. So um, anyway, that's a, I guess that's the podcast, right? So we've got uh, Wednesday, um, we will we'll be watching uh, against Dallas and then Saturday against Sporting KC. Um, Premier League's coming up, and then a week after that, Bundesliga is back. More importantly, Bundesliga 2. And uh, we'll get to see how St. Pauli do when uh, they lost all their good players, sacked their manager, hired uh, only only have one striker, and he's six foot six. So I don't know, literally don't know what's going to happen. Uh, Yao Ming of the Bundesliga 2. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Jin. Didn't Everton just sign a famous uh, Hamas, Colombian player? Hamas Rodriguez, yeah. How, how, that's just that's his, interesting. His third, his third signing with Carlo uh, Ancelotti. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. I mean, then, I'm I'm, I'm actually League. more excited with the uh, with the UEFA. Was it League of Nations or Nations? Yeah, uh, that that seems to be more of a of an interesting thing than the EPL at the moment. Specifically, how Portugal is playing. How Portugal, without uh, without a Ronaldo, uh, was able to who doesn't wear a mask? Yep, who doesn't wear a mask? Did you see that? Did you see that when mm-hmm. the when the person came up to him? Is it is it is it? I believe it was a lady came up to him and yeah, asked yeah. him without a mask. That was just, <laughs> oh yeah. Like I'm glad that Portugal can play without him because they literally took the who was the runner up in the World Cup just tore him apart. Mm-hmm. So. So that's that's one of the things. So, all right, comrades. Well, we will be back uh, to record the podcast um, next week. So Thursday, post K- uh, post SKC, post SKC. Yeah, yeah. Next SKC. week we'll, we'll do. It. I SKC. can't do two a week. I've got. Uh, we we might have uh, we might have phase two. Get Jeff Ruder to tell us if uh, phase two is coming right. up. Yeah. Everyone tweeted at, at Jeff asking where phase two is. I'm yep. going to go we'll, tweet we'll at him right now. Alright everyone, <laughs> okay. it's been okay. great. Thank you for listening and uh, and we'll, we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Peace go. Cool.